Hello, and welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. If you like business, maybe, guess what I said. If you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. If you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. Is your skin boring? Are you tired of looking at the same old, same old body? Well, do I have a solution for you. Tattoo artist, animal lover, and literally the sweetest business pal. It's Sarah from Virtue Tattoo. Well, 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 it's Sarah from Virtue Tattoo. Hello. Hi. Sarah, do you remember how we met? Uh, I, I kind of do, but I okay. don't, I think we met like, at multiple times. I think like yeah. you used to get tattooed and I used to see you getting tattooed at Living Color. Yeah. But it, we never really met formally at that point. I just knew your beautiful little face. Oh, this face? <laughs> yeah, that face. <laughs> you know, your face. And um, then I think like we were neighbors because you used to live on Waverly. Yes, yes. And I think that was probably like walking dogs and whatnot. Yeah. I think I met you like yeah. with Ray a few times. Yeah. Like yeah. back in the day? Yeah, I think we had really similar like um morals too. Like we were like cared about animals, hated bullshit. Yep. <laughs> and like to be it. alone, you know? Yeah. And then I, yeah. You know, I really respect that in a person. Um oh, but Thank yeah, no, I Same. definitely I had known about you for years through Ray and other people who you tattooed. Um, and then eventually I was like, it's my time too now. <laughs> I'm taking over this relationship, Ray. <laughs> She's mine. Yeah, I feel like we had talks, me and Ray going into it where Ray was like, you better not become better friends than we are. And I was like, it's going to happen, man. What are you thinking? Of course, we're I mean, be there's better friends. <laughs> I have enough love. I have enough yeah. love. Can you tell us a little bit about Virtue Tattoo and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a private studio. It's almost more of like a boutique style studio. We don't have a shop front or anything. Mm-hmm. And we're appointment only. Yeah. So it's kind of just a slightly more kind of relaxed, low key setting. Still obviously, you know, professional and safe and all of yeah. that great stuff uh, that you want in a tattoo studio. But just less of like that street shop kind of high yeah. traffic environment. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a lot more intentional to go to Virtue, I find. Like for my experiences, it felt very like one-on-one, a lot more like, I, this is not slamming anyone, but it, it did feel like really like you're booking an artist just for yourself to fully immerse into that experience. Yeah. And I, I do think that's kind of rare to find at shops. And personally for me, that's like what I'm looking for now. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially people who have been tattooed a lot, yeah. I think... Um, you know, especially if maybe your early kind of formative tattoo experiences were in like a street shop environment, yeah, which yeah. again, isn't bad necessarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always, it's not always conducive to like, maybe like a really personal experience yeah, or yeah. maybe not everybody feels comfortable in those settings. And, yeah. you know, this is definitely kind of a remedy to that. And it's something that I wanted to offer just to be able to give people a place to maybe not feel like that same kind of chaos or pressure, you know, where there's many people around and everybody's having their own experience and it's noise and it's, it's all kinds of stuff going on around you. And you kind of don't feel like you're getting that, um, that one-on-one time really. Yeah. I feel like I'm at the point in my life, like, honestly, like I'll get tattooed anywhere, but I prefer, <laughs> like, even just for me, like, I don't know if this is real or if I've invented this, which is quite a bit in my life. But I'm I <laughs> like, as I get older, I think personally tattoos hurt me a lot more. And maybe just oh, like yeah. my appearance is different or my skin, whatever it is. And I think when I was younger, I could just go into a studio, no problem, sit in front of people, sit in front of a group of people. But now I feel like for me, tattoos truly, truly hurt. And I oh, yeah. like to be able, like... I don't want to perform the fact that I'm not in pain or perform the fact that it's not, it is an intense experience for me when I go. And I even like, you know, last time I saw you, I was kind of like, I'm kind of like 
sensitive now. I don't know why, but like, I'll let you know if we need to stop. And I don't know if I would feel comfortable just anywhere being able to be like, these are my boundaries with what we're about to do, because I think that's not super common all the time in all shops and some shops is like I've had amazing experiences I've had great artists um but I definitely feel at your space there's like a level of intimacy where I feel like I can almost like you know breathe and relax and just like let you know what's happening with my body while we're tattooing I mean I feel that way too like as I've gotten older when I go and get tattooed which is super rare now it's like like, it hurts man yeah (laughs) getting tattooed really hurts yeah (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. No, just kidding. Everyone likes to be like, it doesn't really hurt. And I'm like, you don't have to prove anything to me. It does hurt. Okay. <laughs> Same. Like when I was younger, I don't know if it was just like yeah, that youthful kind of stoicism where you yeah. feel like it's really important that you do perform this yeah. like impervious kind of <laughs> exterior. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got crazy tattoos when I was younger and I yeah. sit for like six hours a long time and just be like who cares let's go out after and now I I get tattooed for like four hours I'm like I need a nap I need a nap and I need like some some food I know I have to plan my whole day around it so I have time to like get ready but then I have time to like unwind and almost like it's almost like I have to do something good for myself after I get tattooed I'm like I had a hard day I got a tattoo I need takeout. And it's like, I almost associate getting tattooed with like going to work. Where I'm like, Yeah, I, I'm the same. Yeah. Absolutely. How long did you work in different shops before you opened your own space? Oh God. Uh, like years and years or like? Years and years and years. Yeah. I started to kind of work in tattoo shops in like 99. Yeah. And kind of, that was like those cobbled together formative <laughs> years of starting out. Yeah. But I, you know, it's coming up on like 21 years. Yeah. In September. So it's been, it was a long time, you yeah. know? Yeah. And yeah. I've almost been here for, it'll be three years in January. Yeah. So comparatively with the rest of my career, it's been a very short time that I've been yeah. working yeah. on my own. Um, I've always worked with or for other people. Yeah. It took a long time. Did you know that's where you were going? Like, was that the plan? Uh, Did you like want to have a shop or was it just like a snap one day where you were like, it's happening soon. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this anymore. (laughs) It's very much that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's very much that. And it's a little bit of just the way that I came into tattooing and how I was kind of brought up in tattooing. And the types of people I worked for and the types of people I worked with, I I had no confidence whatsoever. Like it was, it was really kind of, it's told to you in so many different ways. Like you're a tattooer, you're, you're an outsider. You don't have the skills or the, the mental, you know, capacity to understand how to run a business. You're an (laughs) idiot. (laughs) You just show up here and do your stupid tattoos and give me my money and get the hell out of here. So yeah. I worked with a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I spent a lot of my career kind of thinking like, well, yeah, maybe I am just like a, a flighty artist. And, you know, I have like a rough grasp of my own yeah. financial kind of responsibilities. But how could I possibly ever do this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then it just kind of dawned on me, like, all of the people, not all of the people, but there's a lot of people <laughs> who own tattoo studios who are just really stupid. <laughs> like, like not very good at business at all. Yeah. Or interpersonal yeah. relationships, yeah. which is really important if, yeah. in business. Yeah, it's so um, important. Yeah. So I just kind of realized this has all been a mirage. Like, mm-hmm. I am yeah. perfectly capable of doing this. Yeah. And... I'm kind of tired of working for other people or being made to feel like my time in a shop that I worked at could be cut short at any time if I somehow did something wrong or said the wrong thing or yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings around what you're saying. So I'm very ready to like get into this topic. (laughs) It's a big topic. It's a big topic. And I feel like any job where you kind of like work under an apprenticeship or you work from learning from other people. And I kind of relate this to like a lot of jobs in the trade industry, also just working in kitchens or in bakeries. Mm -hmm. It's a new thing 
that they're like to create respectful and safe spaces. This is a new concept. And like, same, (laughs) like as to your story, you know, I worked under chefs or under men who were extremely abusive, not kind to work for. I was an idiot. They would yell, they would throw things. I think it was very similar for me where I was like, I either need to get out of this industry for good or I need to take on the work of creating a space of my own. And I feel like, it's very similar to any industry where someone is, you know, valuing your worth through an apprenticeship where you have to prove to them that you can have that job. Yeah. Am I good enough to work as your equal instead of under you in this apprenticeship, right? Well, yeah, there's absolutely that. Like you have yeah. to prove yourself to that yeah. person, that mentor or mentors that you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think moving forward in your career, yeah, you are going to have to constantly prove your value, your worth, yeah. your worthiness to even be in the industry that you're working in, right? Yeah, let alone like 99, a woman in that industry. <laughs> yeah. Did, did women even get allowed to tattoo in 99? Um, Who knows? Let's just say like I got laughed out of a lot of shops when Jeez. I was shopping my yeah. portfolio around. I got a lot of like, hey, hey, baby, you know, like you're like, you no, I'm things? not the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I, I'm your worst nightmare. Like, yeah. don't, do yeah. not call me baby. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be bad for you. It's so, going to be difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, very similar to like the restaurant and service industry for sure. I think they go kind of hand in hand with this like, oh yeah, weird, you know, misogynistic environment that I think, you know, more entrepreneurs now are starting to take that on. But even that is like, I think you can count on one hand, the tattoo shops that feel like safe spaces or, you know, the kitchens or the restaurants that are working towards that, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like, it's extremely important that we create like safer work environments, obviously, in in all industries. But I think like, specifically, I'll speak to tattooing, I feel like this, this concept of a safe space, um, this like, perfect, safe space. It's kind of, um, I don't know, like, I I feel like we can, can get into some strange territory there where, maybe we're using this terminology in a way that's, you know, not everyone, obviously, but this is something that is being spoken about a lot now. So you're seeing it almost as like a marketing point. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's some inauthenticity there when we start talking about, you know, what is a safe space? And then you just start seeing it pop up in everybody's Instagram bio. Well, I mean, it's more than just the label. It's like you, like you have to do the work. You have to do the training. Like a hundred percent, you know, we consider ourselves like, you know, now I hate to use the term safe space because I'm like, it's fake. You know, I consider myself as much as I can be a safe space employer, but at the same time, like, you know, just last year I did training around making sure that I was respectful um, to my staff's mental health and like learning. And even, you know, I've been an employer, you know, five plus years now, I'm still working on my own training and I'm making my managers get trained and I'm like looking for the feedback from my staff that they do feel safe and respected. And it's constant. I'll never be at the point where I just know how to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll never just know everything. I'm constantly finding flaws in my technique, in my communication. And I think, you know, if you're going to do this work of taking on this title, like safe space or like, you know, queer yeah. friendly or whatever. Okay. You've just taken on the work. Now your business model is you are constantly learning about it, you know? Yeah. And hopefully that's going to be their focus when they do start using that language yeah. tied into, you know, their business practices, because it is like you say, it's, it's okay. Now you're just constantly yeah. going to be committed to doing this work and it is work and yeah. it's, it needs to be done and it's, it's valuable work. And it's more than just like a title, obviously. And Mm -hmm. it's so much bigger than that. You have to become really comfortable with being accountable always. And, Uh you know, when I was a younger business owner, I definitely thought I knew everything about everything. And I thought I was always right. And I can see that now, but you know, at the same time, I was 24 years old. Um, So I always (laughs) thought I was right. Um, But I do feel like now that I've become a little bit of an older business owner, I do feel like, you know, sometimes I catch myself almost like not taking feedback well, um, from an employee or, or not, not, not taking it well, but like dwelling on it being like, Oh, and then I have to be like, okay, well, 
you just have to be accountable. If this is how you want to align yourself and you want to align your business model, you actually, mm-hmm. you do have to be open like this. Yes. I'm not trying to say like, I should just take feedback. Cause I also like hate feedback from people who are not involved and not in the experience. Yeah. But I do think there's like a, a level of accountability as an employer and someone who is in power to then make sure you are empowering your staff and respecting them because there is a, a power dynamic and a privilege in that relationship. Well, right. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think like classically, historically, like in tattoo shop environments, that's that dynamic has been, you know, yeah. exploited beyond a hundred percent of course yeah and so you know it's something that you know some people when you start talking about this stuff they get immediately like very defensive yeah start thinking like well I'm a good person so <laughs> inherently everything I do is fine and perfect and right yeah. but you know it takes a lot to just kind of be really honest with yourself and realize yeah. you know what it's it's and you don't have to be perfect all the time. No one is going to be perfect all the yeah, time. But yeah. there's a lot to say for just kind of holding yourself accountable, obviously, and then holding other people around you accountable as well. Well, the environment, right? That's part of yeah. it. And I also just want to hop back on something else you said, because I do think it's really important to like address this, like, like the way you were saying, oh, I could never have my own business. I don't know anything about... I really 100% believe that anyone could own a business. I think it's all about opportunity. And I think it's all about the way some people are given privilege to have a business and some people are like marginalized and they are not able to like have a business because, you know, there is no opportunities for them. So I I think that's important to say, but it's almost like there's this mystical thing about, oh, I'm a small business owner, but I, I really think you know, it's kind of like become a really limited title or opportunity for certain people. And obviously, like as a white person, I, I, you know, benefited from that privilege. But I do think with the right resources, tools, community support, I think there's opportunity for like, there could be opportunity for a lot of people to have businesses. And I kind of hate that it's, you know, put in this way of like, oh, you could never you can never manage yourself. Yeah. You know, that's an example of kind of erasing that opportunity for you. Well, and perpetuating kind of those limits just because someone perceives something about you or they decide that you don't have the skills or you don't deserve to have the the benefits of being, you know, a business owner or working for yourself. Yeah. You know, because they there are some people who would rather keep people down. Yeah. And you can learn stuff. And I feel like I'm not, I'm not coming in really hot, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I get it. I just, I, I feel like, you know, when I was 24 and I was trying to have my own business, I just have a high school education. And I feel like the amount of times that that came up in a room when I was like, you know, trying to meet with a landlord or trying to meet to get my loan. And it would come up that I didn't have like, I didn't go to business school. And I got all my training from working in kitchens. And, you know, I just have a high school degree and I have no formal business degree. And it came up a lot as if, well, you don't have, you didn't go to university for business. So you're, you don't know anything. You can't even sit in here with us because you don't have that degree. And personally, you know, the amount of business owners I know who don't have a business degree, you can learn anything. You know what I mean? You really can. With the right opportunity and the right, you know, like with the right resources. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, experience also speaks sometimes a lot more loudly than a formal education. Agreed. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, if there are, if there are opportunities given, Mm -hmm. then people can do so much, you know, there's, there's quite, there's quite a bit of, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of barriers, I feel still. Of course. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it's, you know, as small business owners, I mean, I know that, you know, hiring practices and the way that we look at how we run our businesses has a lot to do with, you know, removing those barriers and creating opportunities mm-hmm. where maybe there wouldn't be in, you know? Yeah. Even for me, like sometimes I find these like little barriers, I find them in weird spots. Like um, if I interview someone, I never call their references. And I know that a lot of business owners are like, that's weird. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but like this business where they worked, I know this business doesn't treat their staff good. Why would yeah. I ever call someone who's in a position of power at this business and say like, how do you think this person did? 
You know what I mean? And there's little things like that. Like I didn't ever think about until I owned my own business where it kind of changed the way that like I wanted to bring staff on or the opportunities I wanted to create for my staff. Because as a business owner, like you go into interviewing, like, okay, like, I know because I've been interviewed, these are questions to ask. I know mm-hmm. because, and it's almost like one of my coworkers just had an interview somewhere and it, it went really bad. Um, and I asked oh, no. them like, I asked them, well, what happened? What questions they asked? And they said, well, they asked me like stuff like, well, why do you want to work here? Why do you think you'd be a good asset? And it was so interesting to me because like, obviously like you're curious, like why someone wants to work for you. But at the same time, it sets such a tone of like, all of the power is like, beg me for this job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Such a weird way of interviewing someone because it's not really getting to know them at all or getting to know their strengths. It's like immediately developing like a really weird power dynamic. 100%. And they were kind of just telling me about this experience and, you know, like their interview with me was really different, you know, when they came on with me a few years prior mm-hmm. and just hearing about that again, I was like, I think I've stepped so far away personally, and I don't think everyone has to do this, but personally, I've stepped really far away from like a traditional way of hiring yeah. because I recognize that there's so much barriers in that format of hiring. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, like interviews in, in the tattoo world, it, it really, it, it might be a little bit different. It looks a little different and there's, there's yeah, of course, kind of more tangible aspects where, you know, there's, there's credentials and yeah, yeah. portfolios and things like that. <laughs> I think that whole dynamic of Tell me if you're good enough, basically, yeah. to be here. It's so it's so limiting. What are you going to find out about a person? Yeah, Nothing. tell me, tell me, and then prove it every day for minimum wage. Yeah, or <laughs> else, or else. You know, your shop is. It feels so you. You know, like it's so personal. What was it like decorating your own space? Oh. Do you do you have stories from it? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's so personal. You're yeah. right. Like it's this is like an extension of a living space for me, basically. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm here. Well, when I'm working, <laughs> I'm here a lot. But we won't yeah. talk about that <laughs> when I have um, a job. <laughs> when we came into this space, yeah, it was super raw, like horrible old weird linoleum tile and weird drop ceiling moldy stuff everywhere and like these really scary fluorescent lights and I still kind of saw it I saw it for what it could be I mean it's it's cute as hell it's not very big but it's perfect for what it is Yeah, yeah yeah and there was just a lot of potential in here and I just kind of Wanted to keep things like pretty pared down, pretty straightforward and simple um, and professional looking, but also like very warm, very welcoming. So it was fun to kind of pick out furnishings and pick out, you know, artwork to put on walls and plants and things like that. Definitely uh, had a lot of back and forth about like flooring yeah uh me and my partner he he was very heavily involved in this this space um pretty much anything that is wood in the tattoo shop is him so 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 cool (laughs) yeah he he really this wouldn't have come together without his help so um but uh yeah we kind of kind of put it together the two of us I know when I was designing my space, I had like a hundred thousand Pinterest boards. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I feel like because I'm not a designer professionally, because I can't draw, I didn't know how to like I don't know how to like do the floor plan of designing a space. You know what I mean? So then I started doing like all these Pinterest, you know, pictures and then I would print them out and I would like tape them together. And it was just like, (laughs) I felt so limited because I'm not artistic in that way, but I needed to be able to do this. Yeah. And I definitely feel bad for anyone in my life when I was like, do you want to see another Pinterest board of things I like? Here is 30 sinks that I think are cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think a few things happened very quickly. I realized I didn't have as much money as people on Pinterest had. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's a real thing. I had the same experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Or like <laughs> when there's something really cool and you're like, I need this in this space. It's the only thing that'll make sense. And then you get a quote and you're like, I don't know. It's I'm just so, so on it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not that great. Like, I'm going to step away from this. Probably stupid. I always, I was joking with someone the other day that sometimes I feel like I have like a dual identity where like, I feel like I'm very like, like a beautiful femme model perfect laying on flowers eating treats publicly love it and then at the love shop it. I am like wearing my roommate's sweatshirt and sweatpants and I'm like trying to drill something and I don't know how and there's like wood chips everywhere and like <laughs> literally the other day we couldn't get a shelf down and I was like I'm just gonna throw my body into it and like throw it down with the weight of my body and like <laughs> There's all this, like, I was saying to someone, like, I have a secret butch identity that no one knows. Um, And I feel like it's very much like this business owner duality of, like, the way you present and the way you brand and, like, how you're seen. And then, like, this sneaky, you know, 90% of the rest of your life where you're just, like, sweating and crying and out of stuff and out of time. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I feel like I'm like a... 50 year old like Norwegian metalhead <laughs> like inside love that <laughs> on the outside I'm like just like a weird greasy like <laughs> <laughs> so neither of those dual personalities are all that you know nice yeah <laughs> but working with clients obviously you yes. know you have yeah. like the person that you present to your clients who isn't like the weird yeah exactly monster bog witch that you are inside <laughs> um. <laughs> and then there's the person who like wants to be alone in your room for a week <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 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 it's a weird thing to balance it's um especially because you know you're on output a lot of the time. I like, especially in my job, like it's important for me to kind of be a receiver. Yeah. There's an energy exchange that happens when I work with people and it's it's important that I, that I do that well, um, no matter how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's strange. Yeah. Cause when you do get home, you're just kind of like a weird husk and you (laughs) shuffle off into your room (laughs) lay face down on your floor for a while you hate everyone yeah (laughs) this episode of business baby is brought to you by lip chap how did they decide it was lip chap and not lip chip popsicle sticks why can't they just hold the popsicle i know i feel like i'm like the kind of person who like openly i don't like anyone but also when i'm serving i'd be like Anything else you need? Oh, my God, of course, no problem. And then I get home and I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, yeah. like, I can't. I can't <laughs> Your soul this. is like I, yeah, crumbling. I can't stuff. do this for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to like, I used to do service, but I, I've said before on the podcast, I, I'm not in the service position anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, which do you is, like that? Like, has that made a big difference for you? Yeah, like, just as yeah. far as just you being able to preserve parts of yourself. Yeah. I mean, like I give a lot of myself to the business. I don't think anyone, you know, sees little Joe Barry and doesn't associate like me a hundred percent with it. You know, I know I'm the face of the brand and even like, you know, like little things, like there's been times where I've just been before COVID, I've just been like, out at like, you know, a party or something and I'm just letting loose and I'm screaming and being silly. And someone's like, Oh my God, you own little Joe's. And it almost takes me out of like, yeah you know, being able to just, you know, be me. And I think there was a long time when I first opened my business, like I forgot how to like play. And I was so worried about being like this public image and, you know, being able to like be my brand and keep things up. And at the same time, I was also working into exhaustion that, you know, one day in therapy, my therapist was like, when's the last time you played? Like, do you ever play? And I, I feel like literally she like blew my mind bringing up playtime. And you know, now it's something that's become very important to me, but I almost find it really hard to find spaces where I feel comfortable to like authentically play and be silly. And like, actually there's no pressure of image. There's no pressure of, you know, work or whatever on me. Like I, as a business owner, personally, I feel like I 
I give so much. Um, and one thing for me that can reduce that pressure is not being the one to serve anymore. You know what I mean? Like just working in the back and just working solo and independently or with staff I like care about. Yeah. But I also just, you know, I can't serve in the same ways because I almost feel like I'm performing a lot as a brand outside of the shop. Well, and you can only do so much and you can only give so much. And there's, I mean, it's not this kind of bottomless reservoir. (laughs) It gets really dark at the bottom. (laughs) It's really weird down there. It's super weird, but yeah, Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think early in my career, I felt like I had to absolutely be that typical tattooer. Oh, you're a tattooer. Oh, cool. You know, and where's your motorcycle? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, and there's so much like posturing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there, there's so many assumptions that Mm -hmm. people make about you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially, you know, being a tattooer and then being like a heavily tattooed you know, woman and all that kind of stuff. You have to deal with so much, uh, so many people making assumptions about you. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, I felt for a long time, like I can't go fucking part of me. I can't go anywhere. You can Sorry. swear on this podcast. I'm pretty sure. Like I feel like, word. I feel like no. we don't, we don't really have a standard if it's no swears or yes swears, but for this one, yes swears. <laughs> yes swears. Good, good, good. I felt maybe more so in the past that I couldn't really go anywhere yeah. and just be myself. Yeah. So then I just stopped going anywhere. Oof. Listen. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you like, just like stabbed me in the heart by saying that. <laughs> I'm also sober, so I'm very like little kind of like steam to go out and be out. And I think anytime you're out and about, you know, drinking or like substances are so heavily involved. Uh, yeah. And I'm I'm sober, like in the way that like I got sober. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. So I do struggle with being around substances now. Yeah. So I feel like between that and the fact that it is just so hard to exist in public, like what you just said, you know, I was just like, I just want to go home and be alone. Yeah. I mean, for for years into owning my business, I feel like I got into that habit. Like, I feel like I was known for not for the fact that I you would not see me in public. You know, you were just this uh, this mythological, like, like elusive, you know, but it was like anxiety <laughs> and depression. So yeah. Not so and elusive, you know, really, really needing to um, to kind of keep yourself. Yeah you know, from being damaged. I think like it's, I mean, it sounds so dramatic to say that, but I think, you know, there is a certain amount of self-preservation that you need to have when you're public facing and people kind of think you're, you're something, you know, they, they have this kind of perception of you. Yeah. And then you start getting caught up and like, well, what if I don't meet the perception? (laughs) And what if I'm letting people down? And what if people see me and I, you know, yeah. Look like a weird monster. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's so intense. But again, not to get dark, but I feel like we keep going. Dude, it's, it's where I live. <laughs> You're like, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Have a seat. There is some jobs that I feel like when the clients arrive, you are the exact same as a therapist in their minds. Yeah. And I feel like tattoo artists, and I'm guilty of, you know, probably that people just, you know, feel comfortable unloading. And I've, you know, I've heard stories when I was in shops of, you know, other clients who are there. Um, and I've also heard experiences from tattoo artists of talking about what that's like. But I definitely feel like people, you know, in those intimate experiences, like they do treat you like a therapist. Uh, yeah. I would say much of the time. Yeah. Much of the time that is true. And it's not something that, you know, I'm not saying that begrudgingly because, yeah, you know, I think if you, if you take that out of it, you're not really like, you're kind of removing parts of tattooing that are really special. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is super personal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even if it's like a fun kind of, you know, cheeky, you know, joke tattoo that someone's getting, I mean, you're still going to have, that personal experience, even if you're just sharing some laughter and kind of talking about music that you like, like it can be light. It can absolutely be light, but sometimes it's not because, you know, the reasons that people get tattooed are so varied. Yeah. Yeah. And much of the time there's really like extremely 
personal reasons why people are getting tattooed. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to get into that territory with people. Of course. And I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I've figured out ways to kind of like protect myself. Yeah. From maybe taking, taking it on or taking it home. Yeah. Um, And it's not that I'm this kind of a, it's not that I'm not truly in that experience or that I'm pretending. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that I, in order to do this job, you have to do that. You have to yeah. learn yeah. how to be, you know, authentically present with clients without, you know, getting damaged. Yeah. In a way. Well, yeah. And I mean, I know you to be like an incredibly empathetic person. So I, you know, anytime we've shared stories when we've worked together, even just talking, yeah. like I always feel like you're truly engaged, but I, you know, I think what you're saying is exactly it. It's just having boundaries with work or having boundaries on the amount of energy like you you can give to a person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think I had a really hard time coming to terms with that at the beginning. I mean, honestly, I think because I opened my business so young, I took everything so intensely all the time. And sometimes I like look back on that person and I'm like, oh, poor you like you don't know anything yet none none of this even matters but um you know I've brought it up before but you know Jesse had said to me once there is no emergency when it comes to cupcakes there is no emergency when it comes to a cake like if people are (laughs) mad they can't get their order if you're closed and they're calling if they're upset about your weird hours or your menu it's they're gonna go somewhere else they're gonna be fine you know and what I mean? That's for them. That's not for you. That's, that's for that's, them. Yeah. That's for them. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to learn that as a, as a business, especially as a new business. Like, I mean, it's, you've been doing it for a really long time, but I do think it's also really impressive as a business owner that you, you can feel like you have those boundaries so soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think those just came as like a survival function Yeah, working in like different environments because yeah places that I worked before, you know, you're dealing with your clients, you're dealing with, you know, your, your fellow tattooers that you're working with. Yeah. And then you have like your, your boss or your bosses. Yeah. And in my experience, like it was coming at me from all directions, you know, every, (laughs) every type of, you know, emotional burden, if you will. Um, from dealing with like difficult situations with coworkers, different, mm-hmm. con- like different situations with clients, different situations with the people that I work for. Mm-hmm. So I-, I could not survive in those environments unless I figured out a way to kind of protect my energy. Because yeah. sometimes I think back to things <laughs> that I <laughs> have experienced and yeah, I kind of, yeah. you know, you got to laugh. Cause you're like, that's crazy. <laughs> like I'm that's, that's crazy. Like that's a, that's a court yeah. case. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I have to kind of just say that that's in the past. Yeah. And I've now, I now have this skill set. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's that. That's a silver lining. The silver lining. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit of good news. Okay. Yeah. Tattoo shops opening back up. Yeah. Able to tattoo. Yes. Some kind of routine will come back to your life. How are you feeling? <sighs> you feel ready to go back? Are you nervous? Like what's going on right now? I've been ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's weird uh, because for us, it's like, it's an all or nothing. And this is kind of this roller coaster yeah. ride that we've been on where it's like, yeah. it's fine. It's not fine. It's yeah. fine again. It's not fine anymore. You know? And so I've been on this, this ride for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of know how things go now. So I'm actually, you know, just getting the studio ready now. Yeah. And I'm going to start kind of really getting into those emails. Oh, no. People still email, eh? You know what? what? I prefer it. Me too. I don't do phone calls. Yeah. I don't have a phone at the studio. I prefer email over yeah. DM. Although, like, you know, yeah. some people yeah. DM. I'm not yeah. going to, like, tear people apart because they sent me a DM. Um, I mean, I prefer people email, but I would also prefer if people just didn't ever try to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just, I like, mean, I can't be big for you some money. <laughs> Just, just send the that. money and come to the shop. Who cares? It's yeah. all good. <laughs> Take the cookies, <laughs> please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. 
uh, it's a daunting task, like the email thing, because it's not just one email. It's like the, hey, when are you available? And then they send you like two dates that aren't going to work with your schedule. So then you have to send them two dates that might work. The back and forth. It's fine. I mean, it's part of it. And so I'm just starting to do that. And then I'll start kind of getting people in. I think a lot of the people who go to Virtue Tattoo are also like crossover little Joe's customers. Yeah. Because I always see people I know who go into your shop. And I will say like overall having a community like the ones that both of us have is amazing just in normal life. I think in COVID it's been like, you know, obviously for us as a business, what has kept us going is just our customer base and, you know, their patience and their understanding. Um, And I know a lot of businesses haven't been shown the same grace around this kind of stuff. And sometimes I hear about how other businesses, customers talk to them and I'm like, kill them all, you know, fire those customers. Well, yeah, I agree with you. It's overwhelming Mm -hmm. how kind and understanding and like, incredibly generous people have been they've either been like that or they've been total trash oh yeah and they go somewhere else now it's like this is you what you get in covid and I do feel like we both have um the kinds of businesses where we you know we keep the good ones like so many good customers um yeah but even when I did that pop-up at, at Virtue years ago when I came with the treats, I mean, there were so many people in line who I was like, that's my regular, that's my regular, that's my regular. And I feel like a lot of times when I'm at cool businesses as a customer or I'm at a, you know, like visiting a shop, you know, I, I see my community in there with me and I'm like, yep, we're all looking for that. You know, it's, yeah, it's so important. I- it is important. And I love that we kind of have those, those things in common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was such a wonderful experience yeah. and it was so lovely to have you at that event. And, you know, it, it just, it just kind of goes to show that there are, you know, there is yeah. quite an incredible community in yeah. this city. Yeah. We're lucky. We are. Um, speaking of community, this is a great time to ask you, uh, what are your, some of your favorite local artists who are people you love right now? Oh, man. Well, Tell us about it. I, who should we follow? I live under a rock. Oh, no. I don't know a lot of <laughs> tattooers in, in Ottawa. Yeah, I know that yeah. sounds really weird to say, but yeah. because I'm a, basically a recluse, yeah. I, I only know like a handful of people and I keep, you know, I sort of keep my eyes open. Yeah. So my list isn't going to be exhaustive. I mean, there's so many really talented especially like really talented young tattooers yeah, yeah, in Ottawa. Yeah. Like there's some really great like up and coming people who are, you know, four or five years deep in their careers and their work is like incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously I think, you know, Kaylee Siever is doing some really interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love Kaylee on this podcast. <laughs> right. Everybody <laughs> loves Kaylee. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's a shy little, you know, yeah. self. So, you know, I can Similar relate to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone good is like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I am a ghost. You don't see yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love also a former colleague of mine, Rhonda Mulder at Tiger Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love her. That's love who did Jesse's tattoo. So, oh, know, really? We're really happy to promote. <laughs> she's the best like she really is (laughs) yeah I've only heard good things I've never been tattooed by her but I've like you could fill buckets with all the good things I've heard yeah and like her work speaks for itself Mm -hmm. it's it's super interesting it's Mm -hmm. very unique there's not really anybody else doing the type of work that she's doing yeah um yeah I don't know like uh oh there's like Milena at new moon holy moly Oh, really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I send her like, I'll see her stuff and I'll just be like heart emojis sending to her all the time. She probably thinks I'm crazy. Um, But (laughs) I just leave it alone. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, we get it. Okay, okay, this is going to be my final question. Okay. And I like to ask everybody this. If you didn't go down this path and do tattoos, is there any job you kind of dream of trying or doing or getting to eventually? Oh, man. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like real jobs, not made up jobs. Well, I mean, what's a real job? Exactly. It could be anything. If, if snuggling <laughs> kittens is a real job, I would do that. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> full time. Someone has to keep them warm. <laughs> I'm the person to do that. Yes. So besides kitten cuddling, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I, I do obviously have a love for animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think something that would kind of really fill my heart would be in that realm yeah. of work. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Yeah. And uh, it didn't really work out. <laughs> I, do, I also don't think... So. It's as nice as you think it's going to be. <laughs> oh, to- totally not. I did like a job shadowing day, I think at grade eight. And I was like, get me the hell out of here. You're like, we haven't done any cuddling yet. No, I have seen no cuddling. It's very, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, like I think kitten cuddling or, you know, just being with animals is, I, I mean, for me personally, I always think about doing like a rescue farm for like essentially donkeys and puppies Yeah, you know like I totally relate to that um so yeah I think that skin color is you know for me it will suffice it's good enough (laughs) okay so how can people find you support you what's the way to get to virtue tattoo these days well I guess Instagram is a great place to see my work yeah um that's where all the cool kids are showing their wares these days yeah so that's liberty underscore or death and then obviously the the shop which is virtue underscore tattoo yeah and you can head over to our website which is there is virtue.com and we'll add links to everything in the bio of this podcast so people can find you easy sweet yeah there's like you know there's just some more information on the website some frequently asked questions and there's also a submission form if you want to send me uh, a question about tattoos you can certainly do that there or you can use my email link on my instagram page excellent yeah excellent i mean so okay that's really everything people need to know part of me is like when i talk to people i'm always like should i ask questions that are more specific and then in my head i was like should i be like what kind of ink do you like <laughs> what's your favorite I color like, I know. <laughs> What's the best color? It's green. It's green. Okay. Okay. Well, we got there. Um, Well, that's, uh, you know, all the questions I have. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but for this podcast, that's good. Yeah. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and chatting with us. I was so excited to talk today and it flew by. Yeah. I'm very excited to come see you again soon. I hope that it's very soon. Um, I'm going to sort through all the things and then we'll, uh, you'll be hearing from me, my friend, because oh. we've got the unfinished tattoo business. Yeah. So that's all for me. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah. You too. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. And it's always lovely talking to you. Mm. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yum, yum, local. Hello, and welcome to Yum Yum Local, a little segment where me and Ray... Hello. We like to review something that we're just, you know, loving in the neighborhood. And this week, we're actually going to be talking Carlington Coffee House. Ray, you went there with me the other day. Thoughts? Opinions? We're going to take a stroll through the experience that is Carlington Coffee House. Yeah. So first things first, the location. Amazing. Location, location, location. It, it, that's what they, that's the most important thing about business. Yeah. Is what I've learned from the podcast. So it's a beautiful location. So yeah. much space. Yeah. Like, uh, like when they do have their patio yeah, set up. Yeah, talk about that patio that's the, going in in the back. Un, an unbeatable, yeah. I would say, patio. Like Their whole backyard they're turning into, like it's a house. So the whole backyard they're turning into a full sit-down patio. And they've done the same in the front. It's quite a bit of outdoor seating. Yeah. Like, I've only experienced the front setup. Yeah. And, like, just from our brief, like, when we were waiting for our drinks and you told me that they were turning the backyard into a patio, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And for those of you who know, I'm very, like, into, like, renos at the moment. So anytime I see a project of any kind, let me tell you, my hands are on my hips and I'm inspecting. (laughs) And when I dip, you dip, we dip, right? (laughs) Um, I was also going to say, aside from the Renos, they, 
a hub for local. Yes. Yes. And not only the patio, honestly, local, local, local is the next thing I would say. They carry uh, famously Little Joe's blueberry pop tarts, uh, Pascal's ice cream treats, mm-hmm. um, and a whole buttload of vegan options. A, a lot of stuff. Um, I also think the window is cute, right? Oh my god! Part of me is like, how do we do a takeout window at the shop? Yeah, yeah, it's an ideal business model. Also, the staff. Oh, so sweet. S- the sweetest. Where do you get a staff like that? I would, you know, asking for a friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> I work at the shop. <laughs> right. What's your ideal coffee beverage? How do you order? How do I order? Yeah, tell us. Usually, about it. like, I'm like straight up. I want a soy latte. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of oat, but like, let's face it, I love soy. Yep. And then if I'm trying out a new coffee place, I'm like. I'm kind of fancy. Like I'll get two shots of espresso pulled short, and that, okay. and then I like sip it obnoxiously. Okay. And another thing I'm gonna say because you brought it up when I'm trying a new coffee spot, let's get serious for a minute. Okay. We don't have a coffee shop that we go to. You know mm-hmm. how people are like, oh, let's go to the corner and this is my spot. The only coffee spot I go to in this city is bred by us. Period. Mm. So. For me, it was, re- and you know, like, you take that however you want to take it. I don't care. But. That was very aggressive. This is who I am. <laughs> and this is my podcast. <laughs> but, you know, there isn't a lot of local spots that I go to and I feel comfortable or, you know, they have vegan options or, you know, the staff is super welcoming and lovely or the company itself has good ethics where they take care of the staff so they can do their job well. You know, there's a list of things. We've all worked at coffee shops in this city. But what I mean is, like, when Carlington opened, it was kind of like a nice break to have a spot where I could, like, you know, have my own spot to go get lattes. And it's always nice. Like, I know we just said we don't don't have our spot except for bread by us. But it is nice to switch it up every once in a while. I mean, some days bread by us is closed. And, like, what the hell? Yeah, what's that You know? Healthy work relationship. Be open every day or you're canceled. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Yeah. I don't care about anything anymore. So is this a review for Bread by Us? or? Uh, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, while we're on the topic, also go to Bread by Us and get some of the vegan muffins. But full circle, yeah. go to Carlington Coffee House and get your coffee also. I mean, nicest staff and they have the best iced teas. End of review. Oh, yeah. End of review. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, sorry, did you want to say something else? No, no, I was just going to agree with you on the, the iced teas. I don't need a lot of my iced tea, so I, like, I, I liked it. Like, I like a good sim- simplistic iced tea. Mm-hmm. That's not to bring it down at all. That's a compliment. Yeah. The energy really got low there on that last comment, Ray. Sorry. Um- <laughs> <laughs> it's a great iced tea. No, we love it. We love Carlington Coffee House. The owners are the most lovely people. The staff is wonderful. Uh, it's nice to go to a house and order a coffee. I don't know. It feels like something I dreamt up. So we love it, right? Ten stars. Ten stars, easily. Easily, more if I could, but that's all they'll let me. That's, those are the rules. Anyways, that's all we have today. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Yum, yum, local. <laughs> Did you like this podcast? Well, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. And you know what? I'm actually going to read the reviews because I freaking love them. This episode of Business Baby is produced by Little Joe, technical stuff by Jesse Dangerously, and advertorial by Ray. Yeah, I'm going to be a full cyborg.